I was frustrated. When I visited her flower shop to see the roots of one of my favorite characters, I was thoroughly taken aback at how much she was not herself. Couple that with the squatter who lived there and how he treated her? Well, this just wasn't my black canary. There was too much going on here for me to deal with on my own. I needed the boys to wade through the rough stuff so I could focus on the feminine perspective. Besides, their boys club of a lineup could use a few more ladies. Hi, my name's John. And I'm Matthew. And I'm Shannon. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Hi, everybody. We're back. And we have an extra detective with us. Hello. Welcome back, Shannon. Uh, you haven't met Joanne, have you? <laughs> no. Uh, Joanne, this is Shannon. Shannon, Joanne. Joanne's our timekeeper. She's pretty quiet. She's a, she's She glares. That's how she communicates, through glares. See, that's... I feel uncomfortable. I, I do normally. <laughs> she's Don't actually worry, very nice to me. All you're getting is, like, the splash damage. Yeah. All her, all her glare is directly here. Yeah, she, oh, okay. she's actually quite nice to Matthew. It's, that's because it's, I'm not the one who makes things go long with regards to specifically the plot summary. That's true. If we had, like, a tangent, Joanne, a tangent, Dan? Tabitha? A tangent. Tabitha? All right, yeah. Tabitha for you, Joanne for me. There we go. And, that works. Yeah. We the, can't keep hiring people. We don't. We don't make money. Like we can't keep bringing these people into the office. That's fair. That's fair. Regardless, <laughs> give me that look. Regardless, everybody, <laughs> we've brought Shannon back to the podcast because we like having women talk about women characters because that's important. Because two guys talking about female characters gets a little grating after a while, and women should be allowed to have their input on these characters, and we appreciate it. Also, because Shannon's awesome, and obviously, woo. Shannon's a huge comic book nerd, and her expertise in this matter is greatly appreciated. She's also a huge Black Canary fan. This was not the Black Canary I was used to. No, no, no. no we'll get into that, uh, as as you all know. Well, yeah, it, it, it very much depends on like which chunk we look at. Yeah, like I have a whole section that is just marked as "fuck this." Yes. So as you all know, we are uh, we're no longer doing the Justice Society of America. Matt's really happy. Uh. Boy bands aside, we're going to dive right into uh, Flash Comics number 86. Joanne, are you ready? A boy band would be a little bit insane. Have you seen Korean K-pop bands? And that's usually like five, right? No, no, sir. Those would get large. Really? Those get large. Huh. Yeah. You need to subtract the fans, like divide the fans out, and so... Each yeah. K-pop member can only have, like, a few hundred thousand fans. There's and... a certain amount of vassals that they can support. Yes. Yep. That's exactly it. All That's right. exactly it. Now that we've got that out of the way, Joanne, you ready? Yes? No? Good. Too bad. Uh, we're going to start really quick with Flash Comics number 86 through 91, which is August 1947 to January 1948. Happy New Year. If you can say all of this within the span of a single breath, then we will all be the healthier for it. He's taking a breath, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Oh. Cracking the neck. It's going to be a time. Shaking out those hands. Okay. Are you ready? That's all the copyright will allow. Exactly. All right. Essentially, Black Canary is a side character within Johnny Thunder stories, and Black Canary is a thief who essentially gets Johnny Thunder into shenanigans or a satellite related to these shenanigans, wherein Johnny Thunder walks around in his ridiculous life calling his Thunderbolt and runs into the Black Canary and then they proceed to have adventures. Black Canary is not the focus of any of these stories. Johnny Thunder is. So much so 
that Black Canary is not even in one of the stories. And we're just going to forget about that shit. We're going to move straight on past all of this Johnny Thunder nonsense, which has fully anthropomorphized Thunderbolt nonsense. The Thunderbolt speaks and is sassy and in my head is entirely queer-coded. And we're just going to move past Peachy Pet, even though I really want to talk about what the hell Peachy Pet is and how it's also just a, an adopted child of Johnny Thunder. Move past that all the way to Flash Comics number 92, February 1948. That is a good sequence of decisions. Yes. Not one breath. I won't even I won't even deny that. But I, without breaking, that was several issues. <laughs> and and I, I, actually, I do actually want to latch onto this. Like, I... I don't necessarily know if the uh, Thunderbolt is intended to be queer-coded, but he sure feels that way. Like, the sassy friend who is anti-woman and anti-relationships and is completely naked. It's male Tinkerbell or Wallace from Scott Pilgrim. Ooh. And he's also completely useless. Except for the fact that he's all of Johnny's power. Except Johnny's power is Archie Andrews. That's true. Yes. It's, it's oops, we, 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 I yeah. ducked, I tripped. We, you know what? I actually would I would actually be really interested to see someone take up uh, Johnny Thunder in the modern era. Like, it sounds like there's stuff that kind of happens in, like, 90s-ish. 80s but, 90s, like, yeah. someone really writing Johnny Thunder and, like, leaning into that version of the Thunderbolt and just kind of see where it goes. Johnny Thunder. But you need a really good writer. So, Flash Comics number 92, February 1948. We now get introduced to a more familiar Black Canary who gets her own solo stories now. Thank God. Right. Dinah Drake, not Lance, owns a flower shop and Dinah knows... Dinah or Dina? I honestly don't it's know. It's Dinah. I always call it Dinah. Dinah. Cool. Uh, Dinah owns a flower shop and knows a man named Larry Lance who is a private investigator who has nothing better to do than hang out in this woman's flower shop all day as opposed to any sort of semblance of an office where he might get mail or phone calls. Wasn't it specifically, like, in the very first issue that he appears in, he's moving into her... No, that was, like, mid-issue. Okay, several issues into this plot line, yes. He does not respect her property autonomy. No. uh, Yeah. Dinah is the Black Canary, and Dinah essentially changes into the Black Canary outfit, puts on the blonde wig and all that jazz. Whenever she comes across some sort of crime or uh, ne'er-do-well activity that she decides that she wants to write or solve. Black Canary, in this first issue, just helps, you know, Detective or Private Lance, Private Eye, I guess, I don't know what the specifics are, P.I., take down uh, the Huntress of the Highway, who essentially just hijacks trucks. Uh... That was the first... Yeah, it That's was. the first story with the two of them. God, that was so good. Right. Comics Cavalcade, number 25, February, March of 1948. Black Canary and Lance stop people from trying to extort a new club owner's heir. Flash Comics, number 93, March 1948. They prevent a man from manipulating women in a crimson crystal cult to steal and kill for him. Pretty straightforward. Flash Comics, number 94, April 1948, stop criminals from using a flashlight-sized photon smasher to commit crimes <laughs> on armored trucks. That's a fun one. Flash Comics, number 95, May 1948, clears her name of a murder committed by a man's niece who dresses exactly like her, which was pretty impressive because it's not like that's an outfit that everybody sees all the time. This woman was pretty, to the to a T, dressed like Black Canary, which was impressive. Flash Comics, number 96... June 1948, stop a gang from stealing a topaz brooch at a horse show that then leads to some awesome parachuting stuff. That's right. 
Flash Comics number 97, July 1948, they stopped people from stealing a rare formula printed on some cloth in a textile factory. That was pretty self-contained. Flash Comics number 98, August 1948, crooks basically turned Dinah's flower shop into a grocery store in the middle of the night and use it as a front to cover up a murder that they've committed and she solves it that they they killed a guy that someone's trying to get the inheritance of. And I was just like, how do you, how quickly did they do that? They just have a truck. It must be theater majors. Right. Like, were they... Oh, man, yeah. Like, the the speed with which uh, stagecraft folks can turn a location mm-hmm. over it was insane. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, there was legit, like, boxes with produce in them and barrels and a whole cashier's thing. Like, Dinah was even confused when walking into her own store. It wasn't like they just repurposed her store and threw all the flowers out. They straight up put, like, a curtain... And a wall up to prevent to make the and store they look smaller. The signage in the front. Yeah, and I, that's I hard. Meet, I worked at a sign shop for four years. That's difficult. <laughs> I want to meet the disgruntled tech manager who handles all of this. Yeah, that's like a, yeah, no, we can have this done, but it's going to be another thirty minutes, and then cleaning up from here because of the shit you guys pulled, we're going to need some overtime. Yeah, <laughs> there's some sort of like criminals manipulation. You'll be hearing so, from our union. Yeah, <laughs> I want not the henchman, but the contractor henchman. The I want that guild. The oh guy, God. the guys who, the guys who build like the secret layers. Yeah. You want to? Do you oh want a layer? Man, I want that comic. Do you want a layer in a volcano? Then you need to give us all those suits that he, yeah. that prevent us from melting. Here's the code. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. You're gonna spend this money. It's gonna be worth it. Trust us. You want a lava? You want a lava layer, or don't you want a lava layer? There's a you difference. want a lava proof lava layer. Yeah. Do you want to be in the volcano or on top of it? Either one, you got to pay more for one of the other. Do you want other. a trapdoor that opens up over the lava? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you want a small pit that opens up over crocodiles? If so, I got a guy that can talk to me about exotic animal <laughs> shipping. Lava-proof crocodiles, though, oh, those shit. are very hard to find. Yeah, it's, bottom line, if you don't spend this money, you're not getting crocodiles, you're maybe getting iguanas. I want this comic so bad. <laughs> I want... Don't worry, I got a guy... And he calls, like, an exotic animal provider. <laughs> oh, yes! Just this, like, really overwhelmed individual with, like, lots of vicious animals. Yes! I need seven crocodiles. Oh, thank you! <laughs> Just, like, I've been trying to sell these for weeks. These crocodiles are so mean. They eat all the other animals. <laughs> I want this so bad. That's a webcomic for sure. Oh, man. Uh, Flash Comics, number 99, September 1948. They stop crooks from stealing something called Vinium. Just refer to Vinium, V-I-N-I-U-M. It's basically like a radioactive... Oh, yeah, the radioactive substance. Yeah, the radioactive Mm -hmm. isotope where a guy is dressed in a weird sort of radioactive suit that just looks like they just put boxes around all of his arm parts. So he looks like the bad guys in the end of Dr. No in the James Bond movie where they're all in those plastic suits. It's really strange. Flash Comics, number 100, yay! October 1948. Stop a guy who makes dioramas of his crimes after... Sometimes prior to him committing them, like toy box yeah. creations. Yeah, like little, mm-hmm. like yeah, like like a small like doll's house size. Yeah. When he makes a music box one that shows a guy getting shot <laughs> by the other music box person dancer, it's really elaborate. And honestly, that would be a very interesting supervillain were he to be a character that continues forward. I mean, it, it almost has to be a supervillain because there's nothing efficient about it. It's just for the style points, right? There is in a CSI series, I believe the original CSI Las Vegas. There is a guy called the Miniature Killer who essentially <laughs> makes uh, completely down to the things that are on the ground and the clues that are left in the house miniatures of the crimes that he commits. 
before or after? After he commits them. Mm. Like okay. and like Ooh, it's it's a real it's a really interesting uh series of episodes where this guy like it, they show Oh, him they making... actually do like an arc? Oh yeah, he's oh, a, he's shit. like a six episode arc of them that... trying to catch him. I didn't even know that CSI did arcs. Oh yeah, there's tons of arcs. It depends. I mean like uh Miami it shows you what I know about daytime television. Flash Comics number 101 November 1948. They stop a crooked lawyer from Driving his client insane by making him think it's the same day over and over and over again. It's basically so good. It's good. That was really clever. I like that one. Flash Comics number one hundred two, December nineteen forty eight. They stop the Emerald Heist that they put like an emerald and a rose, and it's all. It's kind of weird, sort of you know, shell game sort of a thing. Flash Comics number one hundred three, January nineteen forty nine. Happy New Year. Prevents a scientist and formula from being stolen. That was yeah on on an ice rink. If you're really that curious. Flash Comics number 104, February 1949. They uncover that a criminal, uh, criminologist or a forensic specialist or a detective uh, committed a cold case and kills to hide the truth. That's it. Because the rest of the issues that we cover in this all go to the 60s and beyond. And I wanted to kind of stay in this decade for a little bit longer before we start jumping decades. And we're already like three years prior or post the JSA stuff that we did. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm okay now jumping yeah. around to we different characters. We were post-war. Characters. Like, all of yeah. this is 1947 or yeah, later. All of which this means good. that Johnny Thunder has had four years of being a main character. Right. Which... Is crazy. Well... Is crazy. Fuck that shit, apparently. Yeah. So, before we go into any more expansion stuff, I want to just run down Black Canary's gear and skills. <laughs> just so that we kind of get an idea of who she is. I kind of like to do this once we hit a new character every time. Um, Black Canary knows Judo and Jiu-Jitsu. At the very, very beginning, though, she also talks sing-songy. Yes, she also... Oh, oh I didn't, I didn't right. even realize that. She oh, speaks wow. with music notes for the first appearance. That is true. She does do that. Cantor's language, yeah. I guess. We're going to throw that in there. The canary clasp, which is the brooch around her neck, which is essentially just a utility yeah. choker. Yeah, it is the <laughs> best Batman belt ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's really impressive. And and you open it by using your chin sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Chin to which, neck. Which actually makes it so much more believable as a, don't worry, I've got a thing for this and we're tied up. It's just like, boom, done. All yeah. right, I, I actually have this. No, Thank God I The prepared. amount of things she has I know. <laughs> she has like a mirror, a magnifying glass, the beak on the choker is diamond tipped. Yeah. yeah. There's a little knife. There's a flint. Flint yeah. and steel. Right. It's, it's the Swiss Army necklace. For lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, she's an investigator. She's very agile. She's smart. She can fight. She can obviously... She's also very strong because she's pretty much able to flip guys who are bigger than her or the same size as her over her. Swing uh, them around. Swing them around. In the middle of them. She jumps through windows a lot, which is kind of neat. Um, and my favorite power, canary summoning powers. That only happens like once. Twice. That's, that happens really? twice. Well, there's the canary in a pie where she puts... Yeah, a live yeah. canary in a pie. So I count that as canary training powers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's canary training, and then there is summoning a load of canaries to make a parachute carpet for her and Lance. That only happened once, right? And then there is the canaries that she sends to peck people to prevent her from getting oh, shot. yeah. She is Bird Aquaman. That... Well... Only happens twice. Canary Aquaman. Mm. Canary she Aquaman. She still only has control over canaries, and they're all black. Think that's Are canaries only black? No. I'm pretty sure they're usually, they're usually yellow. yellow. So yeah. then how is she getting black canaries? Is she dyeing their feathers? I'm going to say mail order because that sounds better. 
But they only come in yellow. So but, who, what is who? Who's well, making them? Who's the, making their feathers black? Science. No. They're all mutants, which is why she's able to communicate with them. Okay. It's not that she has the power of of canary speech. It's that all of the canaries that she interacts with have the power of human telepathy. Oh man, put those canaries down. That's dangerous. Put them down. Get rid of them all. Wow. Get rid of them all. That's horrifying. Can you imagine a a flock of birds that could manipulate humans telepathically? Telepathy telepathy doesn't mean the ability to influence necessarily. It's just that that generally is considered part of the telepathic power. They could screech in your mind and stuff and drive you crazy. Okay, that sounds bad. That's what I'm saying, man. Clearly they aren't if they have to physically peck the eyes out to distract people. Hmm. It's fair. So, I'm pretty sure the canaries don't have the two-way. They just can understand. How many canaries... But both parties... This is telepathy where both parties have to agree to the connection before it's established? Or perhaps she's doing Maybe. the the Aquaman thing where she's just suggesting subliminally to them and she's not actually speaking to them. Like, Because Aquaman doesn't speak to fish. He psychically suggests to them uh, that to help him. Like, he, huh. he influences their uh, baser parts of their brain. He, he explains it in the New 52 version. Um, how he actually communicates with them. So maybe she's just doing that where she's like influencing them to make it in their best interest to aid Did her. Did she do a poem though to get them to show up once? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm That's really like trying to make it. Casting a spell or something. Okay, maybe she's got bird magic or bird. She's a bird witch. Um, yeah, I just. How many birds do you think it would take to lift two full-grown humans and lower them to safety in midair? <laughs> That are not at terminal Safely. velocity. Well, I mean, but if we're going in the Tolkien universe, you just need one, one. large Yeah, you just need eagle. one bird. I'd say 50. At least 50? At least, the the at real least issue is that they're not going to be able to grip very strong. Well, they weren't gripping. They were on top mm. of them. Like, they're sitting on the birds. Like, dis... It was like a it hammock. Was like a hammock. They, yeah. they made like a like a flying carpet of birds. The trick is that it would be very difficult for them to flap. You'd need, like, you'd need like yeah. at least... Like, half of them would flap and push up, and the other half would, like, maintain... So you need, like, a hundred. A hundred birds. At least. At least. To just keep crushing them against the weight of the humans to lift them up. Maybe that's why we don't see this power (laughs) used as much. It's not good. There's probably a fair amount of birds lost. The the ones, like, she looks back and is like, oh... (laughs) Uh, oh man, I'm down to huh. 30 canaries now. And, then, and, and it's exclusively the ones who are telepathic, so... Oh shit. It's like, and, that, those are not a fast And the one, she sent, the one she sends that the gunmen get shot, she's like, shit, now I'm at 15. I gotta stop doing this. I don't have enough birds to put in pies now. Well, you need 4 and 20. Yeah, right? Wait, wait. Oh man, really? Yeah, that was the joke. 420 blazed blackbirds? No, 4 and no, 20 blackbirds. I know, I know, but it's baked in a pie. 4 and 20. You had to you had to make it a pie. I had joke. to. I had to. You had to make it a pie. It's California. Not a pot pie. It's <laughs> That was good. That was good. Done. No, we're moving oh, on. It can't, oh, get it can't get better. It's, it's it doesn't get better than that. We can't end the episode yet, but wow. Yeah, that would be that would be how we would end it. At this point, you know, summaries and powers aside, we're done with that. Matt, you've got all this wrap-up that you want to do that kind of weaves in and out. I want to get Shannon's impressions first. Yes. Before. You mean that every single comic they decide to knock her out in the back of the head? That woman must have a concussion. Ooh, that's true. Literally every single comic... She gets knocked out by getting hit in the back of the head. 
Maybe yeah. it's because that's the only way they could do it because she's so good for, at a hand-to-hand fight face-to-face. Yeah, I don't know. That was just weird. I also miss her canary cry. Yeah, no, no canary so cry. I'm actually surprised that we don't see that at this point. It must get introduced later on because it's part of Dinah Future Lance. Uh, Laurel. Yes. Uh, her power set. Mm-hmm. Also, well, can we, we're going to need to talk a little like, bit later at on. At some but... point, does she just merge with the PI and that's how she gets the name? Because no. she obviously doesn't marry him. Well, apparent, and... so apparently, I, I did like skim through and it's weird. Because it actually fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Because it was her. Between so originally, Green Arrow or... so no. Because original version is uh, Dinah who marries Larry Lance and has a daughter uh, on I think Earth Two. Who, who is Dinah Lance? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because she is the daughter of Dinah and Larry, Larry. Lance, uh, and then. Okay, you get that uh, crisis of in, on infinite Earths. Uh, everything gets merged. Okay, she's Dinah Lance, who maybe her mom was uh, Dinah Laurel and uh, Larry Lance, and now apparently in the most recent version, they, uh, she and Green Arrow are no longer a canonical couple, and she Aww. is. I know, I know, and that breaks my heart. And I think she is now back to being just Dinah Lance, not any. Previous she's association. The, she's with... the the only Diana Lance. Yes, I. Yeah. It's weird. Like I don't honestly don't understand it fully. It seems like they can't decide whether they want her to be her or her mom. Because I because I was sitting there going, I remember uh, Dinah Lance was um, Black Canary with Green Arrow, but her mm-hmm. real first name was Laurel, and Dinah was her middle name. Really? And Dinah Lance was her mother's name, and that so her name was Laurel Dinah Lance, and she just went by Dinah because she liked it better than Laurel, and that was her full name. And nobody said anything about it, and they're just like, "Yeah, this, you want to be called Dinah? That's fine." And because I, I remember seeing her go to a grave that said Dinah Lance, and it was her mother's grave. Hmm. However, there's that, and then there is the Arrow show hmm. with Quentin Lance and Dinah, who is her mother. And Laurel is Black Canary because her middle name is also Dinah. And yeah, you have Laurel, the Dinah Arrow Lance. show, though, is a whole other universe <laughs> well, that's, in that's, my world. I know you yeah. don't like Laurel right, in general, but still. But it. still, I think that's actually the correct parental tree there is it's Quint or Quentin or Larry and Dinah make Laurel Dinah Lance. And then she just shortens it to Dinah and becomes the Black Canary and then meets Oliver Queen. I think that that to me is the stuff that I I knew, or at least and, I I remember. And for me, like I always remember uh, Black Canary having the mother figure who she's intentionally kind of distancing herself from, but maintaining the same uh, superhero identity. Right. Like that felt like it was baked into the character, at least in like the Birds of Prey era. Right. But and... but yeah, they just can't quite make up their mind which version of the character they want, and it is it is sad that. We don't have Black Canary and Green Arrow as a couple anymore. They, I, I like that power couple. I did too, but it... I mean, it went places when it when you went with all of their like kids and everything like that, but I never thought of them as one of the important couples of the DC really? Justice League. Well, regardless, that's not the couple that we're seeing in oh, this yeah. version. <laughs> right. On yeah. top of that, they're not even 
a couple. Well, There's why like, would you ever date that guy? Well, yeah, why would you date <laughs> this, essentially a squatter yeah. Yeah. in a way? That but really is what he is. It's hilarious because obviously we're sitting there staring at his last name. We're looking, going, they have to end up together somehow. Um, then you're looking where he's doing the Wonder Woman Steve Trevor bit where he's like, oh, yeah, no, totally into this Black Canary chick. Send her flowers for me. And then they'll refer to Dinah as his girlfriend sometimes, where other people think Mm -hmm. at least she's his girlfriend. No one ever seems to correct it. And I'm going, dude, if I was his girlfriend and he's constantly asking me to send some other woman flowers, he not only is he kicked out from his office in there, it's called you're sleeping outside on the bench. Here's a flower. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... There's a lot with with Larry that I don't understand. Just the logistics of, look, man, I get that you're a PI. Like, I get that. That's fine. Uh, that's a very noble profession in the comics universe is being a private investigator because it allows for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, where's your fucking office, bro? And, and we know that he has one. Because he states in the, in the issue where he moves in to Dinah's florist shop... That he refuses to pay his rent, and the landlady kicks him out. So he had. And then he scribbles on the window. Yeah, with like of paint. The flower shop. <laughs> but this it, is also my office. It is some fucked up shit. It's it's ridiculous because it's not like Dinah is laying down for this. Mm-hmm. She's very clearly like, no, what are you doing here? Get out! You cannot be here. But he just refuses to leave, and they're at this weird impasse where. I guess she can't do anything to get him out? Like, she can't call the cops and be like, get this dude out of my, my shop. He he can't be here. Which, I mean, I feel like she should do. Or, better for the comic continuity, kicks his ass and throws him out because she totally could because she's the Black Canary and she could probably beat the hell out of this dude. Oh, hell yeah. The only point I see in his favor, first off, from a storytelling standpoint, like, when she when when Dinah is the black canary, like okay, there's a there's a good like power similarity, like okay, both mortal, both kind of badass, but whatever, setting aside story elements, uh, it feels like he does at least respect her bodily and bodily autonomy and agency. It doesn't feel like he's pulling as many patriarchy cards. Except for the fact where he doesn't respect her property rights and her space at all. Yeah, and like that, that's some serious fucked up shit. But he doesn't pull a Carter on her. Yeah, I mean but Carter's. It's... But he like tries to bribe her with the stories too. Yeah. At the end of every single issue, or most of them, he's sitting in the flower shop, being like, "And then she did this, and I don't even like know when I'll see her again." And maybe if you're good, I'll tell you the rest of the story. And of course, mm-hmm. who needs to be bribed in that when you were there? <laughs> yeah. So she's like, fuck it, I don't care. Like, she doesn't seem to also have too much interest in him. None. Yeah. She finds None. it's it's more like she finds him entertaining. Yeah. And that's and that's at a point now where it's oh, gone too man child. Right, it's gone too far when he tries to move in to the point where she's like, "Look, I I like hung out with you because you were funny, because you thought you were hot shit when really I was saving your life all those times." Like she's not obviously saying this to him, but you need to fucking leave because you can't be in my place of business trying to run your business 
because I don't want you here. Like, get out. Because she has, and he's terrible at helping her. Yeah, she'll send him mm-hmm. to deliver flowers to do yeah. this, and yeah. then he'll come back hours late. Yeah, he, he's terrible at helping uh, Dinah Lance. He's not the worst at helping Black Canary. Like it feels like yeah, he's a rel- like hero Dinah sidekick Dinah. instead of hero complete failure uh, relationship. But yeah, he's he's absolute shit at delivering he's, flowers. He's mildly competent. Like in this in the yes. in the scale yes. in the scale of useful sidekicks, he's the highest up there underneath Steve Trevor. Yeah. Be- well, but- admittedly, in that first issue. They managed to procure how large of a sheet of a mirror? Yeah. That's so fucking cool. That was so random. Was I was so like, that's awesome. clever, and that's a great idea, but I'm just like, where? Where how? and how? It's huge. <laughs> that, and, like, mirrors don't come in that, that size. That was a two-story mirror. Yeah, that spanned a highway. Like, that was a big mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not like, oh, we just got two you mirrors could actually stacked do it, them. You could probably do it with regular glass, to be honest. You could get you that probably could, yeah. capacity. Uh, and that's doable, right? But man, that's expensive. It was hell. it was nuts. And I that's just, that's some like uh, that's some what is it Outer Bay shit? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. some crazy. For the record, stuff. go to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Larry is the worst. He's not as bad as he could be, but Larry Lance is fuck. Yeah, and every and everybody remember, I don't count Robin as an assistant. I count him as a sidekick. Yeah, and that's why like I always refer to that list starting with um steve trevor because steve trevor is not a sidekick to wonder woman if he was he'd be there all the time and he'd know the secret identity and be like partners oh. like doiby doiby's a sidekick huh. because he knows that it's alan scott and he's always there and he's covering for alan there's assistants who are just there and then there are huh. sidekicks who participate in the charade and that's how i i classify them larry's the summon yeah, Larry's a summon. He's a familiar at <laughs> use, that. Use 50 MP instead of 50 relationship right. points. You don't have to do like the visual novel style build a relationship thing yeah. with Doiby. You just Although, use 50 MP and you summon uh, I'm not Larry. sure that Larry ever comes after. It's usually she stumbles in on him or they're there yeah. together. He's, he's, if oh, anything, he's the Casas Belly. No, no, no. He's, he's <laughs> Lois Lane. He's no more. He's no more of a plot device or a plot happening than Lois Lane because Clark has stuff that he's doing, and then we'll stumble upon Lois in trouble and but like at save least her. Larry doesn't roofie anybody. That's true. Larry at least respects other people enough to not roofie them. And yeah. that's the thing is that Larry is Shaira or Inza or he's more competent than them. He is. He's. Like, but I'm saying sadly, like he, he's yeah. used in the same way yes. as yes. Inza, Shaira, mm-hmm. uh, Linda. And Lois. The Mundy discovers a thing. Right. Black Canary bails him out. Exactly. And that's the thing, is that he's he can at least yeah. participate yeah. in the caper once she's once <laughs> she's caper. Yeah. Yep. Once uh, she's involved, like Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. You can at least rely on Steve to do a thing, and you can probably rely on Larry to do a thing once you've gotten involved in the situation, but after that you're kind of like, I don't I I actually don't want to ad- adventure with you. You know, like, you're kind of a hindrance and you're a little bit of a handicap to me. Like, Wonder Woman doesn't need Steve Trevor. In fact, she'd be better off without him at most times because she gets in trouble trying to save Steve. Mm-hmm. Steve, great secret agent, good at what he does, but oftentimes a handicap because she has to worry about saving Steve. Speaking of nonsense. Yes. <laughs> you're right. Black Canary goes up against 
so many different villains who are willing to kill and to frame willy-nilly. Yes. But as soon as it's Black Canary or Mr. Lance, they come up with the most complicated ways to kill them. Let me build a giant hourglass that takes an hour to fill. Or so perhaps, cool. Or perhaps this spinning record thing. Or the giant version of a dancing box where I'm going to tie you to the stakes of it. So yeah. cool. Uh, we're going to just strap you to this sled and send you down a hill where did you get that so i actually (laughs) villains are us (laughs) like in general i think that the way that this winds up going is action is greater than tone is greater than plot like the fact that the the super villains like the not even super villain the reason that the villain of the piece is doing all of this stuff it's usually revealed in like the one panel at the very end uh these are stories that are very much about Let's just set up these interesting-ass scenarios and, uh, yeah, no, uh, plot holes, who cares? It's, that's secondary to to the tone, which is secondary to the action. Uh, like, how much sense does it make to have a giant pane of glass stretched across a road in the middle of the night so that people will see that there are headlights coming at them and swerve into the bed of a hijacking truck? Although there's one moment in that one... They skip the entire escape. Yeah. It has them, literally, it has them falling off the edge of the waterfall or whatever, and then it skips ahead to them suddenly on top of the truck. Yep. It does, doesn't it? It does that about that. And so, I I mean, this is the Gardner Fox school of storytelling, despite the facts, (laughs) despite the fact that it's Robert uh, Kaner who is writing all the Golden Age stuff, with Carmine Infantino doing all the art, which is who Kaner wrote a lot of the uh, All Star uh, All Star comics. Did you find that out? Yeah. Oh, cool. I I read that at one point. Uh, I don't know what else he's done, but he also he did definitely also do All Star comics, and it sounds like maybe even like pretty quick after All-Star started. I kind of want to see what else he's written then. Yeah. But uh, these were fun. Yeah. These were a lot more fun. Um, very what you, very much what you would expect out of comics of this era. A theme villain. Like, this was very Dick Tracy or The Spirit or mm-hmm. The Shadow. Things like that. It ran quick. It didn't waste time. There was a set piece every single time. And there was a moment where you could definitely hear the crescendo yeah. And then it was done. And that was the story. These would be great radio plays. These would be fun three, four minute cartoons. These are Batman the Animated Series episodes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, these are these are kid-friendly, fun, Golden Age comics. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Shannon, this isn't your Black Canary. Nope. And yeah. that is... I mean, I'm, I, I I'm frustrated by that like too. But... An integral part of the Black Canary is as we know her, is her being a veteran. She's mm-hmm. been through the shit. Yeah. And, and she, she would not put up with this squatter in her flower shop. Yeah. She would have thrown him out. Yes. She would have thrown him out weeks ago. Uh, She would have slammed the door in his face the first time he tried. I, I, honestly, I don't think... That's the thing. I think that Burton, like the, the modern Black Canary that we know, wouldn't even have had to have done it. Just her presence. Like, she has the stare. She's the fuck-off face. Yes! Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I, I just go back to the fact that she's always the close combat trainer right. in, mm-hmm. like, recent stuff. It's Game like... Justice y- and things like it's, that. Batman is a little too weird. I'm the sensible mentor who can teach you how to be smart in close combat. Right. Here's how you do it. Um, also, this isn't really relevant in the stories that we see. Huh. 
I I think of Black Canary, an integral part of her is the weird sex appeal. Like not like she's never outwardly being sexy like Catwoman, but she never hides her sexuality and her sex appeal. She definitely is kind of like, yeah, I look good. What of it? Like that's her. That's to me. Like I always got that vibe from her, where she wasn't dressing like Huntress or Wonder Woman, but she was dressing well in her outfit, and she knew what looked good on her. But like, if somebody approached her, she's like, "This is not the time." Like if Green Arrow hit on her, she's like, "We're working. Do not do this now. We have people to beat up." And that was kind of her vibe in the Justice League show. It was like every time Green Arrow like hit on her, she's like, "We have. We're like fighting people right now. Can you not?" And then later, she's like, so, you wanted to have drinks? And he's like, I don't understand. And she's like, there's a time and a place, man. And in the middle of a gunfight was not it. Now is the time when we're back on the watchtower. And we don't see any sort of... Granted, it's the 40s. But we don't see any sort of uh, female agency like or power in herself. Like She doesn't have any sort of female identity here. And I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. No, she was... Like, like we said, she was fun, but she, with a personality and a storyline, there's not really how she got there. There's not much, there's not a consistent story other than, I guess, this Lance fella. There's no, because mm. with Wonder Woman, we even saw some of those same villains time and time again. You saw things progress. And for her, it really is these one-offs. And she could be anybody. Yeah, and we, yeah, you're right. We don't see an origin. Mm-hmm. We don't see a reason for her to be doing any of this. Right. Yeah, um, it, she's just, for lack of a better term, a flower shop owner whose like nighttime hobby is beating the shit out of people. Yeah, who clearly just doesn't a need flower money. shop owner <laughs> living in yeah. Gotham City. However, however, it explains the the lower extravagant nature of all of her gear because it's all the money she's making from the flower shop mm-hmm. making all of her gear. So that's why her outfit looks the most normal out of everyone's next to Sandman's. Sandman's literally just in a suit with a cape and a gas mask and a hat. And but it's a brightly colored right. mask and cape. But then again, he's he's rich, so he can at least afford to have somebody make him brightly colored <laughs> he clothing. He can afford paint. Right. Or dyes. Whereas yeah. Dinah probably is taking whatever surplus money she has after she pays rent and groceries and be like, I need a leather jacket for my outfit. And a domino mask. I have fishnets. She doesn't have a mask. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she doesn't. Which is also... Oh, God. But the things her wig goes through... Yeah. That's a good wig. It's a great wig. The fact that she puts on the wig, gets into the fight with her doppelganger, and the doppelganger's wig comes off, and hers stays on, totally perfectly fine. Having had plenty of wigs, you go through the shit that wig has gone through, you need a new wig. That's just where just money's smash going. cut to a wig just sitting in like a bar, just drinking and smoking. <laughs> I've seen some shit, man. Uh, that's probably where all of her money's going. Her outfit's probably really easy to replace and repair. It's like, I need action wigs. <laughs> and those are hard to purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Having never discovered one myself, yeah, it sounds pretty rare. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's some guy who just sells action wigs and they're really expensive and he's just I like I just want to see the logo for action wigs. It's a wig like holding a gun jumping out of an explosion. Woo! <laughs> it's like a, I want to see with, the lo- I want to see the local like, TV ads, like the really cheaply made advertisements. Gumshoes. Make us an action wig wigs logo. That's our first sticker. <laughs> I would. Do that. I, would yeah. I. I want action wigs as a sticker. And if you, if someone makes it for us, 
That is the start of our Patreon. <laughs> so, Matt, is there anything we haven't covered that you have in your notes? Alright, let's see. So, Johnny Thunder and uh, Larry Lance are the worst. Yep. At least in this particular version. Uh, it is worth noting, Larry Lance gets a little bit better later on in the stories, but still, like, like they keep the awkward, weird, uh, infringing upon other people's property rights and space for a long-ass time. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I do want to call out, like, this is the opposite of the normal pacing that we see. Like, usually what we've seen is character gets introduced, there are a couple issues where they're figuring it out, and then, like, six to nine months of stories where it's like, okay, this is really cool, and then they decide to get playful and jokey and Doiby gets introduced, yeah. or uh, after the uh, the woman with the evening clothes gets introduced, the stories get jokey. Beyond that, I like this character. Dinah is hard-boiled. She makes some jokes, but more like 1940 Batman than post-Doiby Green Lantern or Flash. And I, I have a thought. So, I am a part of pretty much every privileged group that you can imagine uh so this is me trying to understand uh rights movements that other groups have pushed and hopefully i'll be able to support uh but it feels like there's always two wings of liberation movements there's the more radical wing uh and there's the we're just like you wing uh hey we're normal uh in the case of, for instance, the gay rights movement, uh, you have the pride wing and you have the, I guess, suit and tie wing would kind of be a way of putting it. Like, hey, no, we're, we're just like everybody else. So this is me getting into half-formed thoughts of how liberation movements form, but it feels like both wings are always important. The, hey... We are distinct, and hey, we are normal folks. It feels like Dinah is the normal folks wing. Here is someone whose gender identity, in this version at least, is entirely second to her identity as a whole. It's a very secondary part. Partly because uh, her love interest isn't actually like trying to assert any kind of patriarchy over her she's not asserting a matriarchy over him unlike wonder woman like if wonder, wonder woman is the this is a character whose identity is inherently tied up with her gender black canary is almost a not you can't say a gender but certainly her gender is a very secondary part of her identity in here could be a man I, could be a woman it, it could you could yeah, easily have made a black canary that happened to be male, it wouldn't have changed most of the stories. Right. You could have White Cat, and it would still be very similar stories. Right. And I think there actually has been an alternate, uh, a what-if story that DC did that was, oh, hey, let's do a mirror version. Uh, White Cat, and it's a black guy that does mm -hmm. it. But wanted to call that out. I, I found it interesting that this was a character, this was a female character, a female superhero, who the gender was secondary to the character. And I think that it's good that both her and Wonder Woman exist at the same time, pushing different wings of liberation. And 
I'm glad that we've made the progress that we have, and here's to more rounds of progress in the future. God knows we need to make more progress. Before you move on, mm -hmm. femininity. That's the word I was thinking of that I couldn't think of mm -hmm. in regards to black canary. Usually in my mind is tough feminine. I, I, and mm -hmm. and that's that's her thing. She's mm -hmm. she's the uh, the tomboy. I, I do think that like modern black canary is more her gender is more part of her identity. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. okay, yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think that's on. kind of what I like about her. Yeah, yeah. well, like she's, it, it's she's also different. one of those things that in building up part of who you are and your identity, it often does acknowledge what your gender is mm -hmm. and you, the relationships you have with people and how they perceive you. And no, not everyone will perceive you as the tough, like, partner, and some will perceive you as the feminine and even, like, sexy woman that you might be. And that, all of that and how you deal with all of that is what ends up making the character. And right now, this Dinah really doesn't have much character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, one thing that bugged me was that usually the cops kept suspecting Larry and Dinah to an unreasonable degree. Oh, like, it was always. just always like, well, we're about to get arrested, so we have to run and clear our names. It's like, after a certain amount of times, when yeah. The cops just either immediately go to them or just give them the get-out-of-jail-free card. We know you'll show us soon. There was, there was a large amount that if they weren't framing Dinah and Larry, they were framing somebody mm -hmm. in these crimes. Right. Like... It was left all, and right. Right. Yep. Um, I just thought of something that is the darkest timeline with that. Um, Larry's crooked. Oh. Oh. And that's why. Oh, Is man. that Larry's a schmuck and he's nice, but Larry's actually crooked. That'd be a really interesting AU. That's why all the cops hate him. Larry is a crooked cop that got kicked off the force and is now a private eye. And that's why they keep suspecting him. That would oh, make man. for a more interesting story. You're and, welcome. And you could do like, uh, you could do like, either he was crooked and he's getting better, like he made a clean break when he got off the force, or you could have him still be crooked. Yeah. Either way is fascinating. Good, good, uh, good fun version. He's never stopped being crooked. He's being a PI because that's how he gets his money and he likes Dinah, but he's a he's morally ambiguous. Or he was framed for something bad. And was kicked off the force and was not and did not do it. And all the cops think he's a bad guy. Or oh. the cops are mad at him for not being on the take. And oh, they don't man. like Larry because he knows too much. You're welcome. Him. You're welcome. I just made Larry Lance way better. Him, <laughs> Dinah, Wesley Dodds Ooh. in Gotham. Ooh. And occasionally Batman like pops in, but not as like With the, the question. Not as the good guy. Mm -hmm. But but like as just a if we don't get ourselves cleared quickly enough the Batman's going to drop in on us, and mm. then we're fucked. So yeah. the versions, though, where he's not actually crooked, those make more sense that she would put up with him yeah. because of him being framed mm. or him being a better guy. And then it would be that, obviously, she, as the flower shop owner, wouldn't know that, but mm. she, as Black Canary, had you known would. that. And then it would... It would improve her character. Yeah. Especially if he's got, like, that middle of the night or the moment where he's just trash and is, like, I just, he reveals the vulnerable side, like, I'm not. 
what they think I am. I'm trying to, I'm trying to prove it, and then it's like, okay, I've got faith in you that you're actually trying to get better. Like, or, I would love that for... Or, fuck, yeah. right? John, write this. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, or, or as Black Canary, she's seen him... She knows why he doesn't have any money. Yeah. He usually yeah. always... Yeah, yeah. He's usually always helping and, people. And his, uh, what is it, Bragadario? Bragadocio. Bragadocio is because of that, like trying to cover up. Yeah, he's Ooh, he's honestly wow, yeah. giving away his money to homeless people, to kids, because it's it's rough. Times are tough in whatever city they're in. And that's in. the one thing that makes him feel better about right, himself. He like, knows... I, I haven't proved myself good yet, but here's the thing I can yeah, do. He's a private eye. He goes around taking pictures of cheating wives or following shitty husbands or you know protecting people or solving mysteries. And it's not good work and it's not good living. It doesn't make him feel better. But what does make him feel better is being an honest person. And that's why he's good. And that's why... Oh, and Dinah saw that, that as Black Canary. And that's why mm-hmm. she lets him and, be around Dinah Lance. Or she, Dinah... Dinah Drake. Drake. And she like surreptitiously puts him in contact with the people who have actually good cases like the things that actually need to get done maybe people who can't like spend uh pay a lot of money but like hey you should talk with this person yeah and it just turns out that that person has the case that's like okay i'm i have something that actually needs help or as black canary she's like i can't help you because i'm black canary but i know someone who can and sends people to <laughs> sends people to larry I hope she says it that dramatic and then you know or as dinah you know pays for his meals occasionally yeah yeah like, and that's that explains that whole relationship a lot more like why are you mooching off of me why are you why are you asking this woman to pay for you it's because she's doing it because she knows he's poor because he keeps giving his money away to people and of course, issue twenty-five is like the silver-glossed version uh, uh, cover that has the big realization of, okay, I'm actually going to try to be better and be more humble. Okay, cool. I'm done with that. And dead. <laughs> oh, see now, wow. I know. Wow. So no, I would. That's my Marvel. That's Marvel's DC Marvel. So I would be okay with that, and that's why she takes his name as a Ooh. memory of him. To sort of like continue it, his she leaves, legacy. She leaves it's, the city because she's uh, it, it. He died. Leaves the city because she can't take it without him. Takes his last name. Are and her that's parents when she like supervillains? Yeah. Why does she go away from her parents' name? Uh, no, it had nothing to do. With it. It's more or less she's like Dinah. Yeah, Dinah Drake Dina, gets found Dina out. Dinah Lance Drake or, or Drake Lance. She gets she gets found out. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah. So she has to bail. And I she's under she's on the run as Dinah Drake. So on the had, run road trip. Yeah, and that's Ooh. when she gets to Star City, and then meets. Oh Nero. my God! I want to read this. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what yeah. else do I have? Uh, I really liked how some of these stories were genuinely inventive, like the uh, the giant reflective plane of glass in the middle of the road to reflect headlights and get people to veer off into a side street where a hijacking truck is waiting. Or the complete media replacement on one guy to make him think it's always May 16th. Yeah. And gangsters turning uh, Dinah's florist shop into a grocery store. Hell yeah. Gardner Fox wishes he was this good. Yeah. These are Gardner Fox creative stories, but this guy can land them. It's yeah. not like, we're going to go to Mars and then spider people? It's like, no. Like, if they were, if this guy was to write a Mars story, there'd be a reason and there there would be a beginning, a middle, and an end. I really that wasn't like the weird. Re- yeah. Writing. This is some of my favorite writing that we have seen next to Bill Finger. Like, yeah. Bill Finger has his problems in the beginning, but Bill Finger does deliver 
reliably good stuff the later and later we get with him. Like, Alan Scott stories are good. Wesley Dodd stories are good. They're not the best, but they're better than Hawkman. They're better than Flash. Mars is Mars like, hit or miss. I you like know? these. Yeah, these are these great. These were good stories. Yeah. But it says something to me that it's not just like, this is so many head, heads and shoulders above uh, the 1940s stuff. It's like, oh, this is a really good like step forward. Yeah. It, it says that those stories that came in the 1940s were really fucking good. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. All right. Uh, uh, do you have any more? I do, actually. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> for, this is like, this is a closing so that's thing. A, that's a lot more than you normally have, too. Uh, moderately. That's fair. But I have a closing thing. Does anybody have anything else that they want to go through? No. Okay. So, as you may remember me mentioning, I think in the last two episodes, at least the last one, uh, I've been reading a lot of Marvel lately. You have. Uh, I got the uh, $10 Marvel Unlimited subscription, and I have a 40-minute commute each way every day plus 10 minute walk from bart to my office so i've been reading a lot of comics and i thought this would be a really cool point for us to like recommend a thing Hmm. just like okay just whatever it is like if it's a web show or comic series or books or something i'm curious what you guys would recommend hmm i can also go first if you'd like yeah go first so there's a bunch of things I've read lately. The one I'm going to recommend is actually Spider-Woman. Specifically, Dennis Hopeless writes Spider-Woman. Uh, Dennis Hopeless has done Avengers Arena. Uh, I th- uh, he's doing uh, all-new X-Men. or No, he was doing through the end of this arc. Uh, has done. He's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think he's picking up something else. I don't remember what. Uh, he did Cyclops. Uh, the Cyclops uh, limited series. Right. Uh, and really good writer. Uh, you can probably skip the first few issues of Spider-Woman, the most recent chunk, because it spins out of uh, Spider-Verse. And it's like, okay, you start a series in the middle of a crossover. Well done. Uh, it's not even the worst. It's just, why would you do some why would you start a series in the middle of a conflict with the inheritors uh, where i don't know anything that's going on great well, wow number issue number 1 completely loses me marvel. uh yeah marvel marvel please stop doing so many crossovers it's like three issues of crossover per year even in series that don't need it for instance x23 has just the one crossover, but it's like three issues out of 23 in with Dakin, and it launches in the middle of Wolverine Goes to Hell, which makes no sense in its own... You would need to read every... Yeah. But uh, I do highly recommend uh, Spider-Woman. You can skip the first few issues. It's closer to the 2012 Hawkeye than to, like, the Avengers. Uh, the So that run of Hawkeye, like the tagline I think is, uh, Hawkeye Cliff Barton, Clint Barton is a member of the Avengers, here's what he does when he's not doing that, <laughs> something to that effect uh, this is not quite it, but it's here's what Jessica Drew, Jessica Drew does when she's not with the Avengers but stumbles into Avengers shit anyways <laughs> it's very grounded, it's very heartfelt, it's usual artists are gorgeous, it's a great example of the recent Marvel style that's not super glossy and it's not quite as flat or noir as like Hawkeye was 
but it's more flat uh, and yeah. it's not super like shine polish and I like it as a result highly recommended cool um, because the announcement happened recently Invincible Ooh, they're well, making an Invincible movie oh for, shit yeah oh man I didn't hear that you're welcome for introducing you to that yes, one Shannon oh, introduced man. me to Invincible a long time ago they're making an Invincible movie it is quite possibly the best running uh, superhero comic that is not part of the big two and it is ending soon. Oh. Currently, the Invincible, the end of all things, is happening right now. And Otley and Kirkman have decided that they're done. Kirkman realized that he never passed it on to somebody like he thought he was going to do. And wants to move on to other things. Um, it is one of the best examples of a superhero comic that isn't part of DC and Marvel. That you don't need to be familiar with DC and Marvel to read. There are literally dozens of volumes that you could go back and read from the beginning that won't you know break your bank they cost the same as every other volume you could also get the omnibus if you really want to have Don't. a tome oh, what? <laughs> it is so hefty and it difficult is. to read it's a little cumbersome um but if you do well i have bigger hands than you uh if you do feel like you're reading your church tome and you're down for that like get the omnibus otherwise you know get the volumes it's worth reading um yeah um, so on the topic of just powerful women, women with characters in different stories, I'd probably go for Rat Queens. Ooh, just yeah. putting it out there, if you want very different women who characterize themselves in different ways, like we were talking about the way we see Black Canary, how Wonder Woman handles herself, I'm sure as we get into more women, that variety. Rat Queens is a great girl group that is very unique for each of them and is a great unique comic on its own oh, that's a good one yeah everybody everybody talks or speaks very highly of that i certainly enjoyed the two volumes i read yeah mm -hmm. um just just the thought too of the jla when it comes to the hierarchy or the roles that everybody plays when it comes to like if we're all a family um superman is dad batman is your crotchety uncle yeah, Batman's your Batman's your crotchety <laughs> uncle or the family friend that like never leaves but like always tells you to like wear a seatbelt. Um, Wonder Woman is the mom, and Black Canary's the cool aunt, or the den mom, or or the older cousin. Yeah, like she straddles between the generations. Right, she's she's the one that like makes every transition smooth and tries to make everyone get along with everybody. And Zatanna is your sister. Zatanna's the one that, like, you get along with and you can do silly fun things with who isn't too, like, caught up in, like, herself, but she still helps I the hear family. she's pretty backwards. She is a little backwards. She's she's going uh, through, like, a weird language class at work. <laughs> DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, DC Detectives Podcast, for more. Shannon was right to call us. The amount of problematic tropes and overbearing men in Dinah Drake's life were baffling and off-putting. Still, once we sifted the sludge away from these stories, we all agreed that there was something there. The makings of a great character. Thanking us for showing her the light at the end of the tunnel, Shannon continued on to her next case, while we prepared for the arrival of another detective from a very different school of thought.